0: CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjoke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoke All.
1: Hello, and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is putting together the pieces of an organization, and our guest for today's show is Caroline Parnell, who is the CIO and Commissioner of IT Services for the state of Minnesota. Morning, Caroline. How are you? Uh, I'm
2: fine, Sandro. How are you?
1: Very good, thank you so much for being on our show. My pleasure. And so uh, we've talked about organizational development many times on this show and as a leader, uh, we tend to want to uh, look at the big picture. But really an organization is made up of individuals, each of whom acts as their own piece of a greater puzzle. So what's the roadmap to help an individual lead their own path and find where in the organization's puzzle they belong? So that's what we wanted to discuss uh, today. So let's, let's start with, Caroline, in your world, in your organization, what's going on? What's new? What's different?
2: Uh, well, we have a lot going on. Um, I have been uh, CIO for the state of Minnesota for the last three and a half years, and um, we have um, been handed an, an incredible challenge, which is consolidating all aspects of IT for all of the executive branch in the state of Minnesota. And that means the entire stack of IT, people, projects, infrastructure, applications, budget. Um, this had previously been very, very fragmented and um, uh, something that um, was uh, uh, fragmented also in decision-making about IT. Uh, we have been charged with um, having one place for the legislature and the governor to go to find out what's happening in the state of uh... minnesota regarding i t so i was per- particularly drawn to um this topic of putting together the pieces of an organization because we started out in a very fragmented way and have built actually a new consolidated uh... information um service uh... for the state of minnesota Um you know i just wanna correct what might be some misconceptions about uh... state government um, we have 70 to 80 different state uh, agencies and boards in uh, the executive branch. A lot of people think that state government is kind of stodgy, doesn't have uh, much or any of the latest and greatest technology, and that is uh, a misconception. We manage about 2,500 applications. Many of them are so mission critical that if they're down for uh, 24 hours or more, there's significant risk to the public welfare or public safety. So we sometimes, when we're building our systems, have to have the latest and the greatest. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have a lot of old legacy systems. We really do, and we really value the people who support those um, legacy systems. But we also need the latest and greatest skill sets to keep up with them. Um, the, the turnover of technology that we all in IT organizations uh, manage. Um, the other misconception is that state government is not or cannot be innovative. Um, we are very intent on being innovative particularly in ways that we can um, serve Minnesota citizens better. So we are now a central IT organization. Um, we have a budget of about $480 million per year and about uh, 2,200 employees. So we had the challenge of pulling together all of these different resources. Nobody had ever measured IT in the state of Minnesota before. Nobody really knew how many IT uh, employees there were. Um, So we have, as you can imagine, been uh, very, very busy over the last two and a half years pulling all of uh, this uh, uh, IT organization together.
1: So with, with your changes or the transformation that you're bringing about, you saw from a distance initially to say, oh, we have so many fragments, let's consolidate. And in order for you to consolidate some some cleaning will be done, and which could mean people, process, and technology. And not, when I say cleaning, not with respect to people being let go. Maybe you would repurpose the resources that you may have. However, when we look at the organization as a whole, would you look at people upwards, or would you go business, organization, downwards, and whatever is the casualty of war, so be it?
2: Well, first of all, I want to say this IT consolidation was not my idea. It was a law that was passed and um, all uh, the business and IT were charged with making sure that this law was carried out. It's a fine point, but it's, um, it's an important one. When we started down this path, we did not, as I say, even know how many IT employees there were in the state. Some of that was a, a factor of IT classifications in general, maybe paying a little bit higher so people... Through people into those classifications, whether or not they were doing IT work. Other people were doing IT work, and they didn't necessarily have an IT classification. So we had to go through an entire inventory, not only of the IT systems um, that were in place, but of the IT people. And um, uh, we were very intent on being accurate um, and not trying to get the... Uh, highest number of IT employees um, for the sake of size of the organization. But um, we have not had any kind of layoffs or outsourcing as part of our strategy around IT consolidation. That was a commitment that I made to employees very early on. It's probably important to um, uh, note that when this law was actually passed, it was passed in, uh, a- after a three week, uh, state shutdown. Um, and the people who really suffered during that three weeks were state employees who were out of work for that amount of time. This particular law was passed in the last weekend of that shutdown. Um, so people showed up to work and all of a sudden they were told we were going to consolidate all of IT. They were fearful, they were concerned. there had been a fair amount of conversation around this that did imply that there would be a lot of layoffs and a lot of outsourcing so um, we had um, we had to sort of start communicating with them immediately and manage that fear and manage that um, change in a way that um, uh, didn't mean that we were going to lose uh, a lot of really, really important skill sets in the state of Minnesota. So um, we have been very intentional uh, in our framework for IT consolidation, very inclusive and um, very, very communicative with um, uh, not only business but primarily with our employees. And we've actually tapped their brain trust in uh, figuring out how we're going to go about doing this.
1: How snugly would you say this puzzle that you have, which is nothing else but a set of competencies and the number and count of human resources who are essentially building up your IT organization, and what was the shape of that puzzle before what you tried to do for the government versus now? So what's what was the current or the past state, and what's the current, and where you're taking it for them to all along be snugly fitting, which is very well aligned with the strategy as well. Is that all happening at the same time, or it is phased?
2: Um, well, I would say to some extent it's, uh, it's very phased. Um, our in original approach, um, because this was handed to us and we really didn't know if it was going to happen, we had sort of thought about it, but we didn't have any, or I didn't have any specific plans, but I did have a framework in mind. And that was, let's keep everybody exactly where they are while we sort out how we're going to do this IT consolidation. So we had people um, distributed throughout state government sitting in the agencies that they supported. Um, uh, and yet we had to build a new identity of an organization, and they had to report into this new organization as opposed to the agency that they had maybe been sitting in for 20 years or five years or whatever. So we very intentionally kept everybody where they were, started defining minute. We changed actually the the name. We had a new name for this new organization and started defining um, all of us as a team. Now the advantage in that was that I did not have to go down the path of changing a culture. Um, That can be very, very difficult. What I told everyone is we are actually building a new culture how many times in government do you get to really start from scratch and build a new organization, new policies, etc.? Um, etc.? So um, we kept employees exactly where they were while we figured out how we were going to um, lay out the, the path or the, the roadmap for IT consolidation. Um, our roadmap does consist of uh, identifying what those core services are that are best delivered from a consolidated state and what are those services that are so unique to that agency that that they will never be um, centralized or consolidated. And remember, when we talk about 70 or 80-plus boards and agencies, those are like a- actually separate lines of business within state government. So building roads is very different from housing prisoners, which is very different from collecting taxes, Um, And they all have their unique IT needs that we cannot centralize or consolidate. So we have gone down that path of designing those consolidated services. We're shifting that workload and those employees out of agencies into that consolidated role. Um, They have been very much a part of designing those new services. Um, We've had a lot of... um, Sort of background work to do. Um, for example, uh, as, as you can well imagine, there were 70 plus different ways of defining IT. So we put together a new IT reference model that um, sort of had a nomenclature around IT in common. So service desk is called service desk everywhere instead of help desk in one place and service desk in another. Um, we got all people within um, IT pretty sorted out and reporting up into this new uh, minute organization. We were required legislatively to have service level agreements with every single agency, which we completed um, within the first 10 months. So for the first time, um, not only did agencies know who delivered their IT, but they knew exactly what was delivered and how much it costs. All of this was um, uh, built around a, a master plan that we had um, from listening sessions with business, a strategic plan that came out of listening sessions with employees, and a tactical plan that really defines uh, what those changes mean to employees as we shift that workload for those uh, consolidated services to a, a centralized model.
1: Now, when you mentioned uh... Actually, we'll take a quick break. and But when we come back, we'd like to understand that how much of this was collaborative in terms of what we are going to change, how we will redefine the culture. Because there's an age old saying that if you take care of your employees, they take care of you. And right. if they are inclusive, if this is an inclusive approach, of course, you know, that is going to help make an initiative more successful than ever before. So what was done in that regard? How inclusion was manifested as part of your initiative? Let's talk about that more. Please stay tuned. Listeners, we'll be right back.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner.
3: Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sanjog All. Welcome back. So,
1: Caroline, when you are going about this initiative or when you started and, and right now, I'm assuming you're still going through that journey, how inclusive... Has this approach been starting from drawing on a white sheet of paper to tweaking what's working, what's not working by getting direct input from the people who are in the trenches versus working in the ivory tower?
2: Um, Well, um, we have, I feel, been um, very, very inclusive and collaborative in how we go about this. As I mentioned earlier, we did have a framework, but that framework um, was designed to be very employee-oriented. Remember that we had a very wary um, set of, weary and wary set of IT employees who did not know what this meant. They didn't know me from Adam. They were concerned about being laid off. They were concerned about their work being outsourced. So we had to sort of settle down those fears first of all. I didn't mention this earlier, but when the legislature handed us this law, they didn't provide any money. So we um, have had to do this ourselves. Now, many, many other states have gone through some version of IT consolidation. Generally, it's just been the infrastructure piece rather than the entire stack. Um, But we did not get any money, so um, we've had to do this ourselves. There was an advantage in that because we defined very early on that we had an employee brain trust that we could tap These people were close to the business. Um, They knew IT very well. Um, I inherited this um, change as much as they did, so my message could be we were all in this together. And that, I think, was a very um, effective approach. Now, one of the things we did um, very early on within, I think, about the first month when this was effective, which was October of 2011, was do an employee engagement survey. We wanted a baseline of how employees felt about their job, felt about um, being in public service. Did they have enough tools, um, et cetera? Did they feel heard? We just repeated that um, survey, that employee engagement survey, I believe it was in January, exactly the same one, with one question had a, had a little variation in it, but... I'm happy to say that every single category of the employee engagement survey saw an uptick. So we didn't lose any employees along the way. Um, they were um, at least, if not more, satisfied with their job, which tells me that um, uh, they uh, they don't feel like uh, pieces moved around on a chessboard, that they felt like they had something to say about this and that they had enough communication um, that they were part of the change, as opposed to having the change just forced on them.
1: So you did the engagement survey, and we got good uh, information and/or good insights, so as to whatever we are doing is actually taking people in the right direction. When we talk about inclusive, let's let's dig a dig, little deeper. When you say you are including them, are you allowing them? This is the, this is the ultimate where the employees drive the change versus leaders. A leader becomes a servant leader and let those people who are in the trenches tell where all the changes should be. And this leader is shaping and molding the thinking as well as the action so that the, the whole swarm moves forward. Is that the approach that was taken or would you say you were the Pied Piper and everybody followed you?
2: Um. I will say that we had, um, actually, again, with the input from business and from IT employees, we had a master plan, a strategic plan, and a tactical plan. The master plan and the strategic plan were the result of listening sessions um, uh, that, for example, in the strategic plan, we met with employees and said, we are a new organization. What do you want our vision to be? What do you want our values to be? And if you look at that strategic plan and you were in those listening sessions, you could track what was said to the output um, uh, that showed up uh, uh, on that strategic plan. When it came to the tactical plan, um, which is um, our plan for uh, moving those services that can be delivered collectively that everybody sort of has in common, we had a process. There were 18 different projects in that tactical plan. So it was, um, um, you know, Active Directory, network, um, SharePoint, etc. What we did was we had each one of those projects uh, divided into separate, uh, separate processes. So, for example, for Active Directory, we had we had, I believe, five different um, phases of that project. And each of those project phases were populated by employees who were expert in that area. So when we put together, for example, the um, project for the tactical plan around Active Directory, we put out a call to all employees to say, we want to hear from you um, and include you in this project around Active Directory since you are a subject matter expert. We did that for each phase of those um, projects, and employees actually, um, in the in the first one, actually the first one we put together was data center. We needed about eight people on that team to help us design that in new service. We had 80 employees uh, volunteer. We ended up only taking 80 of them, but that tells you how much interest there was. And the benefit was we could actually tell employees you're our brain trust here, and we are going to tap you for how to best um, do this IT consolidation. In my mind, um, that was a sort of we had a sort of roadmap, but they filled in the gaps, and I believe felt um, very much a part um, of the process.
1: When you have a tightly uh, knit organization and where relationship is the core of how people work then they are very open. They're honest, including with the leader. Did you, as part of your journey, get approached by many of such folks who have uh, seen you as approachable leader and someone who's going to listen and incorporate the changes with some constructive feedback along the way so that we are in it together, that sense of team prevailed?
2: Um, I certainly hope so. That might be a better question for employees um, who are, are, are uh, more of a, a judge of that probably than I am. I can tell you that we have uh, been very focused on communication, and I have been very focused on uh, regularly touching base with employees. I make it a point to stay engaged. I don't feel like I can do my job unless I have a pretty clear process of feedback from employees, Uh, we send out um, from the office of the CIO uh, a daily email called the Morning Java, which um, sort of either um, uh, communicates what's happening within the organization or calls attention to some achievement of some part of the organization, Um, or if none of that is um, apparent, we just send along uh, industry news. Um, I have um, uh, visited every um, employee, um, not individually, but based on the agency that they're providing services to once a year. I'm in the middle of my third round of that. Um, there are actually mandatory meetings for employees to make sure I uh, tap all of them. This particular go round, uh have no presentation. It's a sort of ask-me-anything venue. Um, I, I will continue to do that. I tell employees that I have an open-door policy. They all know my email. I really um, uh, focus on um, uh, feedback uh, from people. We have brown bag lunches um, that are designed around um, particular topics. So, for example, after we did the employee engagement, we had brown bag lunches that I showed up to 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 talk about um, the survey and what we, uh, what we learned, um, each of the cabinet level agencies, and there's about 20 of them, has a CIO that is assigned specifically to that agency. And just as an aside, you know, some of the agencies that we have are so large that if you were to pick them up out of the uh, public sector and put them in the private sector, they would be a good sized organization. So the Department of Human Services has billions of dollars in budget, thousands of employees, actually 500 IT employees supporting them. Um, we have a weekly meeting um, with CIOs um, in order to hear the issues that uh, they bring uh, from their employees and from their agencies. On that um, weekly meeting agenda, we have um, two, a standing agenda item, which is, um, uh, burning issues or through the grapevine, which is designed to be a sort of feedback loop that comes uh, up through, uh, from employees through CIOs, that might be a contradiction in our message. So if they're hearing on the ground something that clearly is contrary to what we've been trying to communicate, we have a way of catching that and correcting that message. So um, in my mind, it's been uh, very, very important. Um, I tell them that there's nothing sacred about the uh, floor of the office building that I'm in and that um, uh, people are always free to stop in. And, you know, they do.
1: So that's exactly what was my next question, that you, the proof is in the pudding. That means whatever you said and whatever assurances and, and the signs of a good leader you demonstrated, the result of that. I'm sure should be in form of active engagement, whether online and or in person, among each other as well as with you. So, to where, where did you, if you were to benchmark the level of engagement and involvement of the people who are actually making all this happen, are in the trenches? Where would you rate that today?
2: I'm not sure what kind of a scale you're talking about, but one um, to five. One to oh. five. If that's what you're to take. Well, one to five was our employee engagement scale, and we got um, uh, pretty close to uh, fours or a little above fours on, on almost all of them. So um, that, to me, is a is a very good sign. But you know, um, again, sometimes the employees are the best source um, of information, and um, uh, when I go around and m- meet with these employee groups which i'm in the middle of doing now i all always have a kind of gauge of how candid the questions are and they are actually invited to ask provocative questions i don't promise to know all the answers but i think what that serves as much as anything is a message that you don't have to ask all these questions but you have permission to do it so that kind of openness and that openness to feedback I think, is what goes a long way. Now, I also expect my employees to be judging me and my leadership related to consistency and do I do what I say. And um, so I'm always sort of conscious of that. And, and that's, that's where a certain amount of my uh, consistency in message focus comes from because that, I believe, is how you build trust. And when you're going through the level of change that we are going through in the state of Minnesota, uh, that trust is everything.
1: Now, as part of your journey, I'm sure part of that would also be happening because you would always have moves or or shake-ups in the puzzle, and puzzle being the organization. How do you detect or diagnose if there are people who are – or are there groups which are not fitting properly – and or there is a mismatch. What is your way of doing that on an ongoing basis, and what did you do up front to ensure that the first step is to bring that puzzle together for them to be able to most effectively work on the tasks that get assigned to them?
2: Um, well, a couple things. One is, um, as I mentioned, we started right away with communication and um, a sort of um, the, this, is, this is your leadership here, and, and these are the things that are important to us. But the other thing that we did that I think um, was also key is we started focusing on the level of supervisors and managers that we have. So, for example, out of the 2,200-some employees, about 250 of them are in a management or supervisor role. In my mind, that middle management group is the group that really are the change agents, and so we started focusing on that group very early and saying these are our expectations of management in this new organization. Now, we've probably all had some experience with a poor manager, and in my experience, you take that home with you and it kind of poisons your life. Well, here's an opportunity to define what our values are around um, management and um, to keep um, building those policies that focus on employee-centered management. So we have quarterly meetings with managers. Um, they're online with the exception of, um, I, I should say by video, with the exception of one time per year we meet physically all together. It's a way to keep our message consistent, to make sure that that message of inclusion um, it, it goes through the ranks I can say only so much, but the real um, uh, measure of how a person is managed is with their direct manager or supervisor. So that, I believe, has been an important part of our strategy uh, and will continue to be.
1: Let's take a quick break, Mm -hmm. listeners. Uh, We'll be right back. And uh, Caroline, let's explore the potential uh, (laughs) gaps that might have gotten created when you went about the journey, did your engagement survey, Try to align people and yourself towards that end goal. But there would be a few people who may not say anything, would just uh, come along, but may not be fully charged up. And unknowingly, we are getting one or two pieces of the puzzle getting loose. How do we detect that proactively? And how do we make sure that that particular uh, loose piece of the puzzle uh, issue is not getting out of hand because then otherwise you're jeopardizing the whole initiative from quality standpoint. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud.
3: Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner.
1: know that you you 've done a fantastic job of taking the whole organization through this journey, and you also mentioned that there was not uh, any attrition or any any loss of jobs, etc Now that is completely a utopic state where you could say that everybody 's fully charged, but most probably that may not be happening on the ground because there will be some people who will say i don 't like the pace of change i don 't like the type of change, and they may be getting uh, you know, somewhat pulled back into their own zone and, and their inertia. And that could also be counterproductive at some level in the organization. So in 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 the context of this topic, maybe one or two pieces of the puzzles are getting loose without you actually noticing it. Uh, and And so how do you how do you detect that proactively, even if you when you detect it and you know these people exist and they may be causing a dampening effect versus as a catalyst? How do you turn them around?
2: Um, you know um, uh, i I am quick to say we do not have outsourcing as or uh, layoffs as part of our strategy, but the state of Minnesota um, has a huge retirement factor, and I believe in the next three years there's uh, upwards of thirty percent of our i t employees who are eligible for retirement so um, part of my message has been. My job is to retain you, those of you who know the systems that we have to support that are not going away in any um, uh, anytime soon, and to attract the best and the brightest. Now, any IT organization has a broad um, spectrum of people working for it. There are. People, quite frankly, who just want to come into work and show up and they 're fine supporting a thirty year old system and their real life their um, mo- most of their interest lies outside of work, we all have those kinds of people, and that 's perfectly okay on the other end of the spectrum. you have employees who eat, breathe, and sleep um, i t stuff and are always on the lookout for how to do things better, how to be innovative. Et cetera., and then you have people sort of um, in the middle who you want to move along with you, so i 'm pretty open about um, sort of that categorization of employees, and um, I, I believe that the feedback loop that we have in place and the frequent contact that um, I have and my executive uh, executive team has with employees allows for that uh, feedback in addition. You know, CIOs kind of um, are on the lookout with their employees um, on what issues might be coming up. Um, And, quite frankly, we will lose some people. That's just the nature of IT. Um, We are not always competitive in state government with our salaries, although we are getting um, better and better about that. Um, But the other thing that we've done um, in MINUTE is to launch an innovation program. And that innovation program has a couple of uh, purposes. One purpose is to focus uh, from an enterprise level on how we can better provide services to Minnesota citizens. We had little pockets of it here and there. There were some fishing and park mobile apps in the Department of Natural Resources. There was um, some health applications from the Department of Health, but we didn't have a focused um, uh, Approach to an enterprise innovative um, uh, set of services. The second purpose for an innovation program was to tap those employees who are really interested in that. And in fact, we have virtual teams that uh, we pull together um, from across the um, agency from uh, all the different uh, agencies that they're serving. And we put them on these virtual teams that work on projects that we have set up as challenges that have been proposed by employees. So we are in the process, I believe, of um, not only having a new organization that people prefer to work for, but one that challenges those people that want to be challenged and yet recognize that that's not every single employee Now, we do have high standards, and that's one of the reasons that we have focused on managers and supervisors. Um, They have got to have a consistency consistency in standards regarding what we expect from employees. Um, You know, I do have to throw in here that um, there's also a, a history, at least in Minnesota, of a misperception around state employees and when i came uh, uh to this job i had very little experience with the state with state it employees and i have actually been blown away ab- by their commitment and the quality of services and their skill set um, um there are some of the best people that i have ever worked with in state government so um, uh they had i think gotten a bum rap uh in the past you know the perception was, "Oh, there's too many of them. they don't do anything anyway. That is just absolutely um, so not the case. So I think we we try to um, be open about that range or that spectrum uh, of IT employees. Again, the reason we have our burning issues um, agenda item is to to hear about these things that might be happening on the ground. Um, and to, um, if necessary, touch base with employees and learn a little bit more about what their concerns are so that we can um, either remedy them or give a clear message that, um, no, this is unlikely to change and um, this is the the direction that we're going.
1: You, uh, in in a previous response to a question, mentioned that there are two camps. One is where people would want to just support a 30-year-old system. So are you okay with that mediocrity and or inertia when you are trying to move the ship onto a totally different pace and or direction?
2: You know, I don't consider that inertia um, or uh, anybody who's stuck. Um, those systems are old. We are actively, uh, in fact, uh, last year, we got about $50 million in um, investment money for replacing some of those old systems. Some of those old systems are mission critical, so I don't consider it a bad thing that that's what they want to do. I don't consider that inertia at all. I appreciate the fact that they have stayed on uh, and that they have they know as much as they do about the system. Our um, challenge there is to make sure that um, we have more than one person familiar with support of that system. So. I guess I don't see that as inertia. That 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 is um, uh, that is part of the the sort of age of systems that we have to support. That is going to take time to re, to replace and and repurpose.
1: So, would you say that there would be areas in which you were um, trying to make a change? Yes. Yeah, so, I I get your point where these systems are critical. But would you say because of the state? Uh, department that it is, or uh, state uh, government, and you're trying to run IT for them, and, and uh, letting go of people or transitioning people out is not the easiest of the tasks. And uh, are there places where you would have had to make a conscious choice to say, "I'm going to pick my battles," versus trying to boil the ocean?
2: Um, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's we, we've had a dual track of not only bringing employees along with us. Um, because, quite frankly, we are in a pretty good market in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the IT world right now. Uh, there's a lot of competition for IT employees. So, again, one of my jobs is to hang on to people. But also, um, we have had to bring along all of the business units and all of the business people who in the and of themselves were unhappy with this change. This is where I had an advantage in terms of, hey, people, we all inherited this. We're going to do this as efficiently and quickly as possible, um, but it's something that we all have to do.
1: What does the, what, how do you see the puzzle that you wanted to see in place? What's the blueprint of that puzzle? that you want to put in place for your organization. Yes, you have an agenda to meet with respect to government initiatives, but from people's standpoint, what puzzle would you create so that when there is the next change, you don't have to go through this grind yet again. The company or or the, the government and the people will fluidly move to that new state because you build that platform or the set of people who are snugly fitting together.
2: You know, I think one of my primary messages, and this has been to employees, it's been to business, it's been to legislature, and it's been to the governor, that this particular change um, is not something that I interpret as the need to do less IT. What we are doing is smarter IT. And I think that When, when, when we started down this path, the perception of everybody was that, oh, you have to cut everything that you're doing, you have to cut the people, you're spending too much money. When we actually, and, and in fact, I negotiated with the legislative authors to pull out any of those expectations around saving money or laying off people or outsourcing services, I said, you know what, I may come back to you and ask for more money, because nobody's really looked at what's happening in the in the world of IT in the state. And in fact, that's actually what happened the next year. We went back to the legislature and said, uh, the state of Minnesota has been under-investing in IT. There are a lot of efficiencies we can find. In fact, in the first year, we logged about uh, almost $20 million in savings, and that was Hardly trying, that was largely through procurement and and rolling up all of the um, fragmented um, uh, contracts that we had into uh, more enterprise contracts with all kinds of discounts based on volume, for example. So um, we have um, not had to meet a lot of expectations around uh, cutting costs or uh, cutting people. Uh, but I have promised efficiencies, and there are ways to get to those efficiencies. Um, we have been very intent on consistently reporting our progress in any number of ways and benchmarks. But my overriding message has been, I'm not here to give you less IT. I'm here to give you IT in a smarter way, and that means efficiencies, it also means, um, you know, given the, the retirement factor in the state of Minnesota that I spoke to earlier, we may only have to uh, replace um, two people that are retiring with one person. That's something that we're balancing uh, literally on a kind of weekly basis. Um, so a lot of it um, has to do with, with how you message it. And uh, people have been open to that message, and it makes sense to them. If we're handed, well, first of all, let me say that this change is a multi-year change. Um, We are at the point now where the sort of rubber is hitting the road. It's going to mean daily changes for some employees in their reporting relationships. But um, overall, um, uh, I think the fact that uh, we have managed this change so openly um, paves the way for further change down the road.
1: Now, a good leader is supposed to build an organization that outlasts themselves. So for that, you need to have a good cabinet, a set of lieutenants who at least one or more of them would start getting prepared to take your position as you move on doing bigger and better things. So when you started building this puzzle and started looking at this organization from the ground up, what was the mindset or what is the strategy that you've utilized so that once you built it? Let it not be just dependent on Caroline being there for forever for it to work the way you expect it to work for going forward. And But you before you get onto this, please, uh, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore.
3: Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash Connected Manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Joke All.
1: Welcome back. So, Caroline, how about your lieutenants and the cabinet so that they are trained, you you go to your two-weeks vacation to Hawaii in due course, and, and still the culture is retained, good, high-quality employee morale is Retained and also you've got a strong puzzle which is resilient that is retained?
2: Um, Well, Sanjog, that's a really relevant question for state government. Um, My position is appointed by the governor, um, and as we all know, governors serve for four years. Um, This particular governor, Governor Mark Dayton. Um, is up for re-election this year and so in a sense um, i um, i'm uh, up for re-election myself i may or may not be back depending on the outcome of the um, election he's doing very well in the polls so i have hopes but all along that has been a uh, a consistent understanding of um, of of my position especially in in the light of the great change that we're going through I have put together um, what I believe to be a very, very strong executive team. It's been a learning process for me to differentiate and not micromanage to sort of lay out my philosophy and the framework and then my deputy sort of takes that and operationalizes it. He is um, absolutely outstanding. He was um, here when I got here. His name is Ed Valencia. He's not only deputy commissioner, he's also the state CTO, um, but we also have um, a really outstanding executive team in terms of uh, communication, um, legislative direction, legal counsel, um, service delivery, et cetera, um, security and risk management. And um, I have had the advantage of recognizing that um, I have to um, motivate them to stay and give them enough challenge themselves in all of this um, to make sure that they're satisfied in their work. I feel um, like if I have any talent, it is putting the right people in the right jobs and keeping them there. Um, and we have uh, just a really, really uh, excellent team who uh, really does not have any issue with the direction that I've set. You know, some places it might be far too uh, what shall I say soft for some people. Um, they have been uh, very, very open. And by the way, I inherited um, uh, an agency with before uh, IT consolidation with a very different culture than um, uh, than I was accepting of. So um, it's been a, a really great opportunity to sort of change the nature of how IT is delivered and focus on not only the value of employees, but the value of, um, of the leaders that I'm depending on to help me carry out this change. Um, although we have leaders and recognize leaders at every level, um, this particular team that is in, uh, in the uh, front lines of, of this change um, have been really, really great to work with.
1: What are some of the key learnings for you and/or with your for your team as you went about this journey?
2: Um, well, first of all, I would say don't try to do it without any money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I would have made a, a stronger argument for we need some dollars to invest. Um, you know, on one side, it's been kind of an advantage because we've had to be creative about how we do it, but um, we should not have agreed to not having any money. Um, The other part is um, to always be willing to course correct. And if you've got enough feedback loops set up, um, you recognize when you have to do those course corrections. Um, The other thing is to not focus on communicating just for the sake of communicating, but communicate when you have something substantive to talk about. So we've often told employees, we'll give you an update when we have one, or we will put out this document uh, when we have one and not sooner. Um, so having that feedback loop and be, being willing to actually learn from it and correct your course um, as necessary is, is a really, really important part of the change that we've been going through.
1: What's your message as the last one, uh, last question for you, what's your message for people who would like to build that snugly fit puzzle in their respective organizations?
2: You know, I would say um, focus on employees, um, value employees, listen to employees, stay in touch with all levels of the organization, recognize that, um, you know, as a leader, people are watching you, um, to make sure that um, you have integrity and that you mean what you say. Um, and lastly, um, don't um, put off the tough questions. When I go out and meet with employees, I always invite provocative questions. That's, I think, where you get most of your um, insight and useful information. Um, so it's, a, it's a building a culture of openness and, um, and, and uh, value for employees at every level.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Caroline, for sharing your thoughts and on uh, your journey uh, about putting together the pieces of an organization which is effective and consistently delivers value.
2: Thank you, Sanjog. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much again. And listeners, hope you enjoyed. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com.